selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hey there, Chromeholics. It is your host, Kenzie, and I am here with an unsolved murder that took place in Nashville in 1996 at what was supposed to be a tanning salon for men, but was far from it. Nashville, Tennessee, known as Music City, was home to two young 18-year-old girls, Tiffany Campbell and Melissa Chilton. Both girls were known to be highly social, well-rounded, and bright. Melissa grew up in Bush Creek, Tennessee. She was a cheerleader at Gordonsville High School and would later graduate and study psychology at Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, just outside of Nashville. Tiffany Campbell came from a working-class family and attended McGavick High School in Nashville. In 1996, both girls were attending college when they were approached by a man who was an owner of a local establishment for men. The owner offered both of the girls high-paying jobs if they came to work for him at his business. But this was not just any particular job. The name of his business was called Exotic Tan for Men. The women that worked there offered exotic dancing and private sessions to the men that frequented the establishment. The business had one tanning bed and five rooms where the men were entertained by the women. Both Tiffany and Melissa were not the first young girls in the area to work exotic tan for men. It had even been said at some point that some of the girls working there were under the age of 18. It was often that young girls were easily convinced to work there. They were promised a good paying job. Being a young college student, it is easy to be persuaded when it comes to having a high paying job dangled in your face, even if it is a job that you're not particularly comfortable with. There were many rumors in the Nashville area at this time that said that this establishment involved sex trafficking girls from the area. If you know anything about Nashville, then you know that this is a major hub for sex trafficking. So these rumors may not have all just been false rumors. 
At the time both Melissa and Tiffany were working at Exotic Tan for Men, they were hiding it from their families. Both of the girls knew that their parents would not approve of them working there and would be highly disappointed, which resulted in the girls living basically a double life. The guilt of hiding her job from her mother and living a double life eventually started to eat at Melissa and she had disclosed to her college roommate that she wanted to stop working at Exotic Tan for Men because she felt like a bad daughter hiding it from her mother. Not long after Melissa was having heavy guilt, her mother Gail woke up in the middle of the night with her heart pounding and sweat running down her face. She had been woken up from a nightmare she was having about Melissa being brutally murdered. This dream scared Gail so badly that she drove over to MTSU and showed up at Melissa's unannounced. Melissa accompanied Gail to lunch where she tells her about the nightmare she had and she can't shake the feeling it left in her gut. The guilt Melissa is feeling thickens while she's sitting at the table with her mother as she knows she is hiding one of the biggest secrets that she will ever hide from her. This seems to be the perfect time to confess to her mother that she is working as an exotic dancer for exotic tan for men, but Melissa likely did not want to worry her mother and she continues to keep her secret. The two of them leave the lunch spot and prior to Melissa leaving, she reassures her mother that she is perfectly safe and that if it would ease her worry, she would check in more often. Gail tells Melissa that she would like that and the two of them leave the restaurant. This would be the very last time Gail ever sees Melissa alive. On February 22nd, 1996, not long after Melissa and Gail's lunch date, Melissa began her shift at work that morning as usual. The business typically opened around 10 a.m. each morning and would close at 1 a.m. the following morning, which seems odd that this type of establishment would open up as early as 10 a.m., but as the saying goes, when in Nashville, anything goes. Tiffany Campbell was not scheduled to work that day, but a co-worker of theirs calls Tiffany in to pick up a shift that morning. It is unknown exactly why she called Tiffany in, but it can be assumed that maybe another girl called in that day as it was only Melissa and Tiffany working that morning. While on shift, the owner was sure to check in with the girls often via phone to make sure that they were safe and operations were running smoothly. On this particular day, the owner of the store calls in as always, and instead of one of the girls answering his phone call, he is met with the business's voicemail. He does not think much about it at first and figures the girls were busy with clients and he would try to phone them later on in the day. The salon, I guess we could call it, ran a tight ship when it came to how things were run. Whenever a client would come in, they had to be buzzed in through a locked door. Whoever would be at the front counter at the time of their arrival would push a button that was located at the front desk in order for the door to be unlocked. Once a client would enter the building, they were required to give ID and write their first and last name on the sign-in sheet. Both the front door and front counter were under 24-7 surveillance so the owner could see who was coming and going. After the owner's first unsuccessful attempt to get a hold of the girls, he calls again thinking that this time for sure they would answer as his calls never went unanswered. But to his surprise, his second attempt at speaking with the girls failed. Now, things are starting to get a little suspicious because it was unlikely for one call to go unanswered, but two? He knew something was off. It wasn't until after 2 p.m. on the 22nd when the owner finally made it over to the salon to see why the girls were not answering his calls. Upon his arrival, he notices the place is quiet, there are no clients, and there is no one at the front desk. Where are Melissa, Tiffany, and their clients? 
As the owner is walking around the building, going from room to room looking for the girls, he is calling their names and not getting answers back. Each of the five entertainment rooms were empty and looked to be untouched. He next walks to the room that has a sign that says, Employees Only. This was their break room where the girls would eat and hang out in between clients. When he enters the break room, he is shocked to see both Melissa and Tiffany stabbed to death on the floor. The owner quickly phones the police to report that his employees had been murdered in his establishment. When the police arrive at the salon, the owner leads them to the break room, and the first thing that police notice is how brutally both Tiffany and Melissa were murdered. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. They begin examining the girls for evidence and the police count over 100 stab wounds between the two of them. They move on to the rest of the building combing over every inch for fingerprints, footprints, hair, or fibers. The owner lets the police know that he does have several cameras throughout the building and it gives police hope that the cameras would have caught the killer in the act or at least pick up footage of the killer as he entered the building. The first theory was that the killer must have been a client of one of the girls. The police ask the owner to show them where he keeps the surveillance equipment. He escorts them into a room in the back, but what they find is the killer had stolen the VCR that held the tape with the footage of him in the building. They were back to square one. As I just mentioned, the first theory they had was that the killer was likely one of their clients. So they start to go over the sign-in sheet containing each of the men's names. There were very few names on the sign-in sheet for that morning as the murders were said to have possibly happened early on in their shift around 11 a.m. when the owner was unsuccessful at getting a hold of the girls. One key piece of evidence left behind by the killer was a military-style sheath that was sent off for DNA testing. The further police went into investigating the crime scene, their theory began to slightly change. The theory went from believing that the killer was a random client to believing that this was a crime of passion based on how close and personal the killings were. Other motives such as robbery were ruled out rather quickly based on no money or items missing from the business except for the VCR. 
When each client would sign in, they were required to drop their cash into a locked safe that was untouched and intact after the murders. If this was a crime of passion, was it possibly a client who became overly infatuated with either Melissa or Tiffany? Or was this someone that one of the girls knew personally? Hours of investigating go by and the police finally make the heartbreaking call to Melissa's mother to inform her that her daughter had been murdered. When Gail answers the phone and is told the news, she tells police that they have the wrong person and that it is not her daughter. She knows what her daughter's current employment is and it is definitely not at the exotic tan for men. The police tell Gail that her daughter was employed there and that they were calling the right person. Gail's heart sank and her stomach in disbelief that the nightmare she had a week prior had come true. Gail heads to the location of where her daughter's life was taken and meets with the police where the identity of her daughter is confirmed. Not long after her devastating nightmare comes true, Gail is left to plan her young daughter's memorial. The only hope she is clinging on to is that they are going to find her daughter's murderer quickly. The following Monday, Melissa Chilton's memorial is held and Gail is positive when she goes into the police station the very next day, they are going to tell her that they have arrested the person responsible for taking the girl's life. To her shock, the case was far from being solved. The only strong theory police had at the time was that whoever was responsible for the murders was someone who knew one or both of the girls personally based on the close and personal attacks on them. At the time of their death, Melissa was dating a man named David that was questioned early on by the police but was quickly ruled out having any involvement in the case, leaving police at a dead end. In March of 1996, Crime Stoppers offered a $1,000 reward for any information leading to the killer. This did bring in some new tips to the police, but nothing that would help move the case closer to being solved. As the years went on, Melissa's mother continued to fight for her daughter and Tiffany Campbell and never gave up hope. In an interview with Channel News 2, 11 years after the murders, Gail says that she is constantly mourning the loss of her daughter and mourning the loss of all the years she had without Melissa. She knows that her daughter would have gone on to marry and have a beautiful family. Many more years would pass without any movement in the case until Gail finally receives a call that an arrest had been made in the girl's case. In 2013, Gail walks into a room filled with news reporters and sets a picture of her daughter Melissa on the table in front of the room and then walks to a podium and says for the first time during this entire investigation, she is left speechless. She never gave up hope but had been losing faith that an arrest would be made. She steps down and stands next to Tiffany Campbell's mother who is in tears listening to the lead investigator announce that Patrick Lamont Streeter had been arrested for the 1996 murders of Melissa Chilton and Tiffany Campbell. During the time of 1996, Tiffany Campbell had been dating Patrick Streeter, who seemed to have been a normal man near her age. Patrick was originally a suspect in the murders and was questioned by police earlier on, but because of lack of evidence, the police had moved on from him. While there was not a whole lot of information about him and their relationship at the time of the murders, there was a lot of information shared about him and who he was 17 years later and what led police right to him. At the time of his arrest, Patrick was currently serving a 13-year sentence in a California state prison for a string of violent robberies he had committed. Prior to his arrest for the robberies, Patrick was living one of his lifelong dreams working as a walk-on football coach at a local Carmichael, California school called Holy Jesuit School in early 2000 and early 2001. When questioned, the school stated that Patrick was able to pass a background check and that he was well-liked by all the students and parents and that they were shocked by the news. 
In Granite Bay, California in 2002 is when Patrick's lifelong dream career came to a complete halt. He was driving around a neighborhood when a woman noticed that he seemed suspicious as he had not been seen in the area before. She began tailing his car trying to get a good look at him and she makes a call to police and when they come, they pull Patrick over, which then leads to his arrest for the robberies based on evidence found on him. Once the police in California arrested him, they were able to link him to somehow once being involved in the investigation in Nashville. But it would take 11 more years for the lead investigator in the case to step forward with scientific evidence that officially linked Streeter to the murders. Both mothers were feeling relief knowing that their daughter's killer had been behind bars this entire time and would continue to stay behind bars, hopefully for life. Streeter is charged with two counts of first-degree murder and is ordered to remain behind bars until his trial. Two years would pass by as the prosecution and his defense team built a case to bring to the grand jury. During this time, a major bomb gets dropped that no one saw coming. Patrick claimed his innocence in the murders, stating that he would never have hurt Tiffany in the way that she was. His family fought effortlessly to prove his innocence, stating to the public that the police had it all wrong. Their fight would not go unheard. In 2018, the prosecution drops a bombshell that they were dropping the charges against Patrick, stating that, based on new evidence and testing, they did not have enough evidence to bring the case in front of a grand jury to get a conviction. His defense team stated that since the very beginning, they did not have a strong enough case, and as time went on, the case against Patrick Lamont Streeter only got weaker. Patrick was released from prison on the charges dropped, and his family publicly thanked the court system for digging a little deeper and doing the strongest testing possible before putting Patrick away for life for murders he did not commit. Melissa and Tiffany's mothers were devastated at the news that the charges were dropped and they were now back to square one. It is now 2023 and no one has been charged in the murders of Melissa Chilton and Tiffany Campbell and the case is no closer to being solved. But investigators remain hopeful that one day they will be given the tip they need to arrest the person responsible and the case is still very much an active investigation. Although an arrest has still not been made, Melissa's mother has fought for laws to be put into place to protect women who work in these establishments in honor of her daughter. If you have any information regarding the murders of Melissa Chilton, and Tiffany Campbell at the Exotic Tan for Men in Nashville, Tennessee in 1996, you are highly recommended to call the Nashville Police Department. Crimeaholics, if you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join our Crimeaholics podcast discussion group on Facebook, or you can follow us on Instagram at crimeaholics.podcast, or you can follow me personally at this is Kenzie, K-E-N-Z-I underscore. Crimeaholics, as always, be aware and take care. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell 
everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 